All right, good morning, RCC family. Good morning to everyone here, and good morning to everyone who is watching online. We are so happy that you are worshiping with us this morning. This morning is going to be a really beautiful and special Sabbath, and we are honored that you decided to tune in with us. So every morning, we start off with a lectionary passage, and it goes through the Bible in three years. On Sundays, we join in with the Universal Church, and we read a psalm together. And so this week, our psalm is from Psalm 15. And this morning, we are all about worship, and worship is so much more than how we use our voice. Worship is also the posture that we sit in or stand in. And so this morning, I'm going to ask you to put your body where your theology is and stand with me in reverence to God and in reverence to the Word of God and read this together and it says O Lord who shall sojourn in your tent who shall dwell on your holy hill he who walks blamelessly and does what is right and speaks truth in his heart who does not slander with his tongue and does no evil to his neighbor nor takes up reproach against his friend in whose eyes a vile person is despised but who honors those who fear the Lord who swears to his own hurt and does not change, who does not put out his money at interest and does not take a bribe against the innocent, who does these things shall never be moved. And so God, this morning, we just take the invitation into righteousness. We thank you that you are God that cares about what is fair and justice because it means you're a God who cares of the least of these in the kingdom. And so this morning, God, we come with open hands and open hearts. We come with a willingness to partner with what you're doing in our families, in our communities, and in our world. Lord, make us more like you this morning. Give us that same internal compass Make us people of generosity. Make us people of integrity. Make us people of kindness, God. Thank you for the anointing and the calling that you have put on everyone who is under the sound of my voice and on their way to church and going to tune in later this week. Thank you for the anointing that you've put on anyone who just wants to sit with you, God. We love you. We want to be more like you. And so this morning, God, we pray that you just begin to silence all the distractions that we walked in with this week. The edginess and the roughness of the past six days. And we just come, God, and we just lay it at your feet. Knowing that you are a God who can rewire and unwork and our lives are safe in your hands. So God, this morning, we just focus in on you and you alone. We give you our attention. We give you our hearts. And we give you our praise. And in your holy son's name, we pray. the Lord's and all that is in it, the world and all those who live in it, for he has founded it on the seas and established it on the rivers. Psalm 24, 1. 
Holy One, your creation waits in eager longing for the day of your transformation. We raise up prayers for wholeness and renewal. Especially, we lift up the refugees from and displaced people in Afghanistan who seek safety after the Taliban seized back control of the country. The people of Madagascar who are suffering famine-like conditions driven by four years without rain. All those around the world who are affected by another wave of COVID-19, that people may work together for the common good. Holy One, your redemption breaks through into our world even now. We raise up prayers of praise for the ways you work through the human hands. Especially we praise you for the international organizations providing relief for the people of Haiti after a destructive earthquake. Continue their efforts that Haiti can begin to walk towards wholeness and restoration as a country. We pray specifically for our community, for Jess Owens, for her mom and her dad who are both battling COVID-19 and other health concerns. Strengthen their bodies that they may be able to fight and recover and be restored to health. Pray for Brooke Hamill's mom and her husband as Brooke Hamill's mom fights COVID and other health concerns. Would you bring protection to her husband that he would not get it? Would you bring healing to Brooke's mom? Would you bring peace and wisdom to the family? We pray for Ryan and Taylor Weitzel specifically, but we just pray protection for all those who are on the path of Hurricane Ida. God, would you weaken this storm? May it lose strength instead of gain strength. Would you allow every community that is going to be impacted it for them to be surprised, dare I say, call it a miracle of how much they don't have destruction. Would you ready and prepare them adequately for the coming days? Holy One and Holy Holy One, Holy and Mighty, Holy and Immortal, look upon us with mercy and joy. Move us to work for the sake of this creation you call good and be present with us in our struggles and in our striving. We lift these and all our prayers to you. Welcome, welcome, second welcome, third welcome. I've missed you all. Thankful to see you. Um, really, really enjoyed our worship through song this morning, specifically how freakishly it connects to the passages. It almost like Becca read scripture this week and applied it to the songs. So thank you. Like I said last week, we do a thing called worship journey, which it just helps us kind of put it all together, everything from the whole day. So we're not just focused on a message being the only part. And this week's worship journey is called Pots and Pure Religion, which I did not mean, I love, I love this, this title, Pots and Pure Religion. And the reason we're calling it that is because the passage from James we're going to talk about discusses that, but also if you've been a part of our community for any length of time, You've heard us talk about pots, which equals prayers of the seasons. Everybody say pots. Pots. 
The idea behind POTS is that would it be beneficial for the entire body to have a focus of prayer around specific things that God is calling us to seasonally? And we've seen God answer a lot of prayers. And so last, I can't even remember when we did the last ones because this past season has been a little bit tricky for all of us. But I remember it being maybe the first time it was hard to get the information to the body because of COVID, because of the presence of people online and here. So it felt a little disjointed. But as we looked back in staff over the pots, we kind of recognized that God was faithful in a lot. And so I want you to, I want to pull up these pots one at a time and just kind of remind you of them. I'm just going to read the titles. Clear Paths for Formation and Discipleship. Can I get an amen? amen. The clearest path we've ever had. Community, belonging, and connectedness, and I think we've started to see some fruit in that. There's definitely more God's going to do, but we've started to see that. Can I get an amen? Creativity. I think, as we noticed last week, last season didn't allow us to build out a massive volunteer team. It was hard to kind of do the normal church things, but what happened was our staff and our body kind of started to work together on different ways to serve and be the body. That's how ETS was formed. That's how the Olympics came about. And the Olympics was fun from what I hear. I didn't I, I don't think that anybody won specifically the Olympics. Was there a winner? Michael was Micah said oh Micah said there was a winner. Okay. Um, there were so many different things that we saw creatively come together that I think God was already answering that prayer. Uh, I'm also reminded of Dr. John's message when she came. You guys remember the message where my friend Dr. John's came and spoke on creativity, the spirit of creativity? That was a really good thing for me. So RCC leadership, this is one God has been working on since this time. I think, Tina, are you the most, the most recent addition to staff? And she's awesome, so God is good. Amen. And the next thing is needs, and we've actually built out a, an actual needs ministry that was being taken care of by the Wise Council, and specifically Alex was running point like a madman for a while. And now it's transitioned over to Bill, and he's built out some things that you're going to be hearing about. So God's been doing a lot. And then the last one was justice and racial reconciliation. And we saw movement in this. We didn't do as much as we can do and as much as we will do. But we saw God move. We have conversations. We had a focus. We had a couple nights last year where we actually got to talk about some different topics that were uncomfortable but important. And so I see all of these as the way we do POTS is not now we're putting a pin in those and we're done. POTS will continue. And so you'll see an emphasis of some of these maybe still in the next season of POTS. It could be a, a redo. But how we do this process, we invite you into this. And so you'll look on your seats. There's a piece of paper. If you're at home, you can join the chat on your computer, TV, whatever it is that you're watching, your phone. And if you, we're going to have just a moment of prayer. If you have something that you think specifically, and there's a question for you to kind of ponder. Here's your question. What do you believe that RCC should be praying and trusting God for in the next season? Would you like to hear a couple of the things that are kind of stirring within the staff and wise council? Would that be helpful? So, so the, the kids and youth ministries... These, this will be a massive emphasis in the next season. And we have some really great news for youth ministry. We're not going to really kind of unleash yet, but there's a, a gathering and a leadership that God has provided in our church, and it is amazing. So that's starting. It's going to be great. Um, you're going to hear next week about a second position in our kids' ministry that we're trying to hire to help Jessica. 
So there's a lot of movement coming. So those are, those are things we're thinking are important. Another thing that we're thinking is important is the volunteer culture, like getting people back into serving from a year and a half of not really is going to be a massive important, important step. But you have something of your own. And so if you're thinking of something, this needs to be considered, right? This needs to be something we're praying into. Just a reminder, we talked about praying for Leslie as she talked about the building and our future here and what we're going to do. We need to make big decisions on what, what it is we would like to do going into the next season, okay? So I want to give you a moment. And I'm going to allow there to just be a little bit of music in the background. I will not be providing this music. Uh, This will be through the speakers. Amen. And so I'm going to pray and give you a a little bit of space to just write your first thoughts. If you don't feel like you have first thoughts yet, we will push pause. And you can bring that with you next week or email it. And then we'll take those things. And the staff and the wise council will pray together and submit our own. And then we'll whittle down the ones that seem to be the heart of God through our community. Does that make sense? All right, so Jesus, thank you for a body. Thank you for people that understand that to be a part of a community means, to be a member of a community means that we pray, we serve, we give even financially, that we go on mission together. And so today as we pray, we specifically want to, don't want to get our cart before the horse. We want to hear what you, our shepherd, are saying. We want to know how you're asking us to pray. So we give you space first, even in these people in this room and people online and people that will watch it this week, that we'll take seriously that you've given us the ability to connect and listen to you. So for the next few minutes, just take some space and write out what you think. And I'll come back up in a few moments. Anybody want a couple more moments? Okay. Becca, have you guys been back since we've... Since have you been back here since you guys were married? All right, so just I think we should just take a moment and say congratulations to Becca and Drew. It was good to have you back this morning, Becca. I've missed you. You and your voice, but you mostly and your voice and you. We love you. All right, so I'm going to do something I never do. And I'm not even sure why, but it felt important. So I just want to give you a brief synopsis of what's coming in the next couple months. This actually takes us to the end of the year. So you don't need to write this down, but just for you to know, those who are like, what is happening? We're about to start a study in the book of James. We're going to focus on that for the next five weeks. After that, we're going to take these pots, and it's going to be a community-wide focus where we jump into that together. It could look like preaching for a little bit. After that, a study in the book of Hebrews. Everybody say Hebrews. Hebrews. Everybody say woohoo. Okay. After that is Love Smyrna, and this is not a preaching topic. This is going to happen in the month of November, and this is going to be a church-wide focus on serving our city. Blessings upon blessings, our church has funds to put towards really making this special. So what does this look like? You're going to hear a lot about that in the future, but it looks like our church stepping in and helping for the needs that are presented here. This could be anything from medical checkups to vet checkups to haircuts for people who aren't able to get haircuts to lots of other stuff. And I want you to begin to pray about this, about how you could make this a blessed kind of thing. We're going to do our best to include other churches. This is going to be hosted by the table and I'm personally over the prayer booth, which will not be up in your face, but I'm hoping an ecumenical prayer station 
with other churches and prayer ministries that will just pray for present needs. I think that would be beautiful. I think it would be awesome. So be praying and thinking about how this could be. Is there anything else I should chum the waters? I'm sorry. You hate when I say that because nobody knows what that is unless you've fished historically. And then even, okay, any, anything else I should say about this or just move on? Okay, Becca created the graphic. It looks great. So good job. All right, I'm going to set this up just for a moment. The book of James. Okay, so in about 45 AD, it's believed this was written. And this book was, it's possible this was the first New Testament book. And James is writing this. He's actually the leader of the Jerusalem Council. He is responsible in his leadership for talking the church into, including the Gentiles into the community. So you see within the work of James, his heart for inclusion and his heart to bring people together. So he's writing to the dispersion or those Israelites who are now having to flee Jerusalem because of Stephen's murder death. So these people are spread all over the place. They're, they don't have leadership. They are not connected like they could be. There's no connection to an apostle, so there's no teaching that they're receiving. And James is feeling some kind of way about pastorally loving them. And so he is writing this letter, not just to kind of give him a swift kick in the pants, but because he recognizes how important it is for a shepherding heart of love to be how the body of Christ is led. So in this letter, just beware, there's a lot of language that historically has rubbed people the wrong way. Even Luther, I think, called this letter a straw house because it pushes people towards works and not faith. I think he was wrong. And I think it's holistic. It's different. I think works and faith have to go together. I think that's just, you know, I, I'm not going to spend a ton of time about how we struggle in this area. But for all of us, I think, if we're honest, it's easier to accomplish Christianity than to be a Christian. I just think, so I, I know for me, when I, when I think about getting into a book that talks about you're, you actually have to do the word, I don't want to avoid that book because we actually have to do the word, right? Like, what's the name of the book that follows the Gospels? What's it called? It's literally called Acts or Actions. So it's like, for us, I think we have to come to terms with this a little bit clunky, and we need to see a more robust, holistic way to enter this where it's not just we're going to worship and pray for one another for the next six years, and it's not just... We're never going to work on formation or caring for our community and just serve your city. There's got to be a way to step into both, where it doesn't destroy us and burn us out, and where it doesn't make it so self-centered that all of our worship songs become about us alone, right? There has to be some kind of way to do this. And so when I read this, I think of the book of James. I think he assumed that that formational part and that community part was a part of it. So you hear a strong emphasis, and you understand even Paul talks about, right, like faith without works is what? So there has to be a simultaneous thing. It's not two buckets, right? You fill a cup up with water, there's water in the cup, you pour it out. It's, I don't even know what that means for this, but I'm thirsty now. Does anybody want some water? All right, I'm going to move on. 
So I wanted, to, I wanted to share a backdrop of this. In our ETS groups, we're going through stage theory, both of them. So if you're in the first round and you're with me and you're going into the second season, we're working on something called the critical journey. If you're in the second round, which is just starting it, you're in something called the three ways. And the idea behind, I'm gonna try and make this not super like, the idea behind it is throughout your life, there have been people in the past that have tracked how people have grown. Right? And I want to pull up the picture of the one I'm in right now. This is one that is not as ancient as the three ways. It's actually just a few decades old, but it's, a, it's an attempt to map out people's lives with Christ. Stage one, recognition of God. Awakening, right? This is when you're like, oh yeah, God is real. I would like him. Stage two, the life of discipleship. So this is what typically is supposed to happen to someone who says, oh, God's real. He loves me. They become discipled by people who understand discipleship. I'm not going to say a lot about how we have not done that well in our culture, but that's stage two. Stage three is the productive life. I think we skip from one to three a lot. The productive life looks like I know, how I'm, I know what I'm called to do. I know where, how I'm wired. I know how I want to serve our world. I'm starting to do those things, right? The next stage is the inward journey, which is the idea of reflection, where am I really? Where am I broken? Where do I need healing? How is God asking me to look inward? Within that stage, there's something called the wall, which is a place that people reach that's hard to get through alone. It's a spot in everyone's life that will go through in some way or another. It will feel impossible. It will feel overwhelming. It will feel central to life. It could be the loss of a spouse. It could be a divorce. It could be the loss of a job, it could be any number of things that shift you and shake you so much that you do not feel like you can go forward. After the wall, if people can travel through the wall, there's something beautiful that happens called the journey outward. People start to live life without them being the center of it. This is also where they believe most of the joy is experienced. As people travel through that, they, they transition into a life of love and I think in this, in the podcast we were talking about, it, it talks about somebody just eating a salad and being like, oh my gosh, this salad is beautiful. Look at, look at the butterfly. Like this so present that you're just like, oh, there's Brennan. Ah, we're here. There's air conditioning. I woke up today. Because you're not so consumed by being productive or what's being worked on or making sure your steps. This is beautiful to me. I just want to skip them all and go here. This is encouraging for one part because the end goal of this in life with Christ is not stage three. And that's a wake-up call, that people who have matured the most in their life actually live present with themselves and others and can be alive, enjoy, not be worried, not be anxious for everything, be present in their personal relationships, their family, their friends. This is encouraging that you don't have to achieve all these things and then all of a sudden be the president of some corporation and then you're 70 and you're like, what am I even doing, right? Like being present. And, and the other stage theory is actually very similar. And so I wanted to give you a framework of that before we talk about James because it's important to understand the depth and complexities of how God wants us to grow and how how it covers every area, and how you also were on a process, and you're not there yet. And if you're like me, and you look at the life of discipleship, and that's confusing, 
be encouraged that he is inviting you even into that. And so I'm going to read you James 1, 17 through 27. So it says this, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we should be kind of that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Know this, my beloved brothers. I'm going to say that part again. Know this, my, what's the, what's the word after? Beloved brothers. Preaching with like an angry, like I'm mad at you to the people you lead, just, it's not beneficial. It doesn't produce fruit. And so I love that his focus here is my beloved brothers and sisters. Let every person... Be quick to hear and slow to speak and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness. There's so many good words in that and all of the different variations. One of the words is sordidness. Put away sordidness. You guys are sordid. I don't even know what that means, but it's interesting. Put that away, right? Put away all that stuff and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in the mirror For he looks at himself and goes away at once and forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, mm hmm. So if anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Wow. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit the orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Are you guys pumped? I'm pumped. This is good. God's good, Tina, isn't he? He's always good. All right, I'm going to just kind of crank through this. So I love how James, he, it's almost like he's got like, a, and I'm coaching my daughter's softball team right now, so I do a circle up all the time. If there's ever like a fight happening between or somebody calls somebody, circle up, crisscross applesauce right here on the mound. Here's what's going on. You guys are all 10 or 9. You're doing good. I, don't, I probably don't sound that kind in that. Sarah says no, but I feel that kind. Man, in the early years of our marriage, she, was, she would have said differently. Though. She's really honest now. I think that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, you were. You were. It's all right. So it's a circle up to remind them of the things that really matter. Nobody's going to hit a home run every time. It's not about that. It's about the heart of what we're doing. This is about the heart of why you're here. You're 10, enjoy this game. Like know that we love you and we want you to do well. If you strike out, it's no big deal. He circles them up and he says to them, listen, we're starting here. God is the father of lights and all good things come from him. 
let's just take a moment in any situation, especially when we are the ones who seem to operate out of anger and resentment and resentment and quick to speak, take a moment and pause. Just think on God. Just be thankful for a moment. Begin to name the things that you're thankful for. There's a few in this passage. Can you pull these up, please? I'm just gonna pull these up. Here's some things that we can be thankful for. God cares for us and creates our world through divine word. Literally, that happened and still happens. And we actually get the chance of doing that with our words. We can create or destroy worlds with our words. He gives us birth into his family. He birthed, we got birth and then birth. We got double births going on. And the second one is into the family of God where we belong. Everyone say belonging. You literally belong to an eternal family. He nourishes us, nourishes us, knows what we need. Not getting back into the mother and breast milk thing again ever. That will be the end of my talking about that. But nourishment comes from him to us. He gives us gifts that we don't even know about that are in us and then we realize. It's like a secret treasure box that one day we're like, oh, I've actually got that. It's been here the whole time. You weren't ready to use it. Oh, okay. You're still not. Okay. So just, okay. All right. So he directs us. He literally directs us through his word for those of us who are not interested in hearing how the Spirit of God works and speaks. And for those of us who are interested in a little more, we can believe that he actually uses the Scripture by the Holy Spirit and community to direct even things day to day. Unbelievable, right? In all, he is good. There's no shadows. It's talked about. There's no shadows that come up and down because he's not changing. He's always good. He's always good. God is always good. His heart is always good. For those of you right at that moment right there that are like, hmm, but what about? God is always good. He is always good. He's always good. And all good things find its source in him. And like we're his first fruits. And I'm not getting into that because that is, I'm actually slightly triggered by the word first fruits because of my history in church. But I understand that that's like the best. And God, that belongs to God, right? First fruits are the best and they belong to God. And that's what he calls us. We're his first fruits. And fruits are to be what? <laughs> Eaten, shared, put in a bowl. Eaten. So he's even pointing to we're first fruit. We're the best. We're belonging. And we're fruits that are given to our world to eat. I don't know. That, I mean, you get what I'm saying, though. That's so good. So, just really quickly, perspective matters. If you're going to start to have a conversation with somebody about how they're being angry and mean, they need to understand, like, the basis. God is good. We receive gifts. Where I studied talked about three different people. The first person, for their whole life, talked about how they never got what they deserved. Never got what they deserved. Why do I never get what I deserved? And that person rarely lives Fully. The second person feels like they get what they put in, and that person gets what they put in, and they feel like that. They never have anything extraordinarily happen, and the third person is one who always feels like they got more than they deserved, and this person almost always lives a full, abundant, and joyful life. Perspective matters. Doxology. Can you pull up these words? 
This is why we do the doxology. It's a good tune. It like warms our heart. I feel it. I, I listened to 17 different versions yesterday heading back from a wedding I did. Some of them were not as good as the other ones. <laughs> I recognized that as I listened. But man, praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise him above ye heavenly hosts. He's higher than them. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Does that not like, that just saying it warms my heart. And it reminds me, it reorients me to the basis of how I start to go into things like Christian ethics and behaviors. That's so good. So it says strip off that sordidness. So what would sordidness be here? Specifically speaking, the sordidness to strip off is being quick to speak and acting in anger. So the way that he's recognizing that this community is falling flawed, it's not even theological concepts at this point. It's just the simplicity of how they are discussing things with one another, right? So resistance to listen actually blocks the acceptance of truth. And the word used here for strip off is, is rupos, which is actually a medical term for earwax, so the word here used for take that out is talking about earwax, and it's kind of nudging you to the point that if there was too much of it, you would not be able to hear. And so it's saying that if you're not willing to listen, it's as if your ears are full of earwax and you cannot hear. And if you're speaking a lot, it's hard to listen to the other person and specifically to God. Do you talk more or does God talk more? Do I talk more in my prayers or does God talk more? Can we hear what he's saying if we're talking over him? Can I hear what's yours? Does, have you ever been in a conversation where somebody just talks over you? If I'm ever in a circle of people, and it, to me, I'm, I, can, I can handle it. I'm good. Like, we're not gonna fight yet. It's not gonna happen. I don't love it, but I'm not gonna be super outwardly upset. But when somebody does it to another person and somebody's talking and they just talk over them, I'm like, does nobody else understand what's happening right now? <laughs> Because that is like one of the top rules of do not do to me. Do not talk over another person while they're talking. Because you just told them, I'm more important than you. Okay, I shouldn't. I'm, I'm actually mad now at some of you. <laughs> if we're talking, we cannot listen. It's simple, right? So they're saying, he's saying that the way that this community was sorted was that everyone was talking more than they should be listening. That's so interesting to me. Be slow to speak. Basically, all of Proverbs is about not speaking too much. And, and even in one case, it says, a fool can be quiet and he will appear to be wise, even though he is a fool. I, I'm probably good with that for myself. Like I'd like to be wise, but I know lots of quiet people. None of those quiet people that I know, I feel like are stupid people, right? Be slow to speak. It says to... You not speaking when other people are present or God says to the other people, you're listening. Unless you're sleeping and then you're just in a service and I'm preaching. <laughs> and that's a whole different thing, right? Like, okay. So for a Christian, anger can be helpful. It can be helpful. That's how justice is fought against. Like, but the way that a Christian approaches anger, see, anger has to not be used as a means to bring vengeance, but it has to be transformed into virtue. So, so this is where I want you to kind of understand. For you to be angry is not, that's not the sin, right? To be angry can sometimes be very helpful because we see racism happening. We, need, we see people being shot and killed right now. 
that, that anger is a helpful tool, but it has to be transformed into virtuous lifestyle, which looks like listening, being slow to speak, and what this passage says. It looks like processing enough to become actually helpful. This is so important, right? Like, listening, listening and going slower so hard. Encouragement builds so much more than anger does. Like, anything beautiful ever built, ever, came through somebody who understood how to encourage. I would even say physical structures. That's probably wrong. I'm going to take that back. <laughs> so I want to pull up a quote. I'm going to read to you. Words create worlds of meaning. When I read that line, Mariah, I thought instantly of you. Just that phrase, words create worlds of meaning. We use words to express ourselves, to convince and convict ourselves and others, to describe, name, blame, or label things, to win arguments, to sell an idea or an object, to lecture, to expound a point, explain things into our, into our out of our existence, persuade, I don't think that's the right word, console, Condole, that's new to me. All right, counsel, to announce, denounce, deceive, to ask someone to marry, to declare war, to make peace, to sentence someone, to diagnose a condition, to analyze a problem, to deliberate or negotiate a deal. We cannot get along without words. Words can alarm, harm, uplift, inspire, degrade, or silence someone. They can reveal our inner thoughts. Where would we be without words? Words are important. I love in this text, the word is throughout. It talks about God through his word creating. And then it transitions into what we do with the responsibility of words. And it's so important, but it doesn't end there. Really quick, angry. Anger turns, has two, two options. And I'm, this is so off of what I'm saying, but there's two things that happen when we're angry. One, we respond instantly, and not only are we not listening, we are actually building the opposite. So anger not only doesn't listen, but it builds an opposite structure that now is present that wouldn't be there if you would listen. And then there's another option where you are angry and you don't speak, and you push pause, and you listen and maybe you start to understand something you didn't before, and good things can be built. And then maybe there's connection. Another quote. I'm going to throw this out there, and then I'm going to jump into action. Just got to do this, because I love my guy, Barclay. He, he's so good. Cultivate virtues of a discerning, welcoming spirit. spirit. Listening and being listened to open doors for righteousness of God and communities. This should be something that literally marks the community of God. They are good at listening. They listen so well. This community of people lost their leadership and were dispersed because of the death of Stephen, and they're trying to figure out how do we get by, and the gospel is literally clogged with them. This is just one way to put it. The gospel's trying to go through this community, but because they're marred by bitterness and anger, the gospel is clogged up. And so he loves the community, but the gospel is the reason Jesus comes to get that message to everyone that you are the first fruits, you're the chosen, you're belonging. It's clogged because they won't slow down and listen and they start to respond in anger. And they don't have to. They don't have to win every argument. Like I'm, 
I'm, I'm doing this yesterday after I do a wedding and Sarah and I had an argument. Can I talk about this now before we've talked about it at all? <laughs> and later today we have another argument. And I just, and I just, I saw this even in my day, just, just with my wife, that I wasn't listening much. Um, I was responding because I wanted you to listen. And maybe you're doing a little bit of the same. I mean, maybe. And we didn't get anywhere. And I drove to a wedding thinking, I hate having fights on my way to help somebody get married. <laughs> it's odd. It's an odd car ride. I went music free. And that's, yeah, it was a lot. So, but as I studied this, I recognized, man, it's not even like brain science. Usually, It's just like, listen and talk. I won't respond with what I know to be true. And, but, but that, I know it's not true, but all of us do it because we think it is true. That's why we, that's why we put on Facebook. That's why we create an other from the Republican or the Democrat. That's why, that's why we have, because we know. Like, we know. I'm not listening at this point because I know I've landed, right? This is not asking us to just listen to those who are poor and oppressed. It's also asking us to listen to those who are the opposite, which is the hard part, Right? That's the part that's super hard. I want to help the poor and oppressed. I don't want to help the guy who's, oh, that's hard to even think about. So I'm going to move on. All right, so for James, action. So, so this is talking about word, and word is being highlighted, and your words are important, and the lack of are important, but words without action are literally an impossibility for Christianity. Words without action to James would have been like, that you don't actually actively love your neighbors on a this is my life basis would actually be the opposite of Christianity. Okay, that's hard for us because we want to do that and we want to highlight how it's not happening and we want to point out the leaders that are not doing it. It's hard for us to figure out how to rhythmically do this, right? I have a massive heart for Christian discipleship because for generations it has not existed. I do not feel like I got it. Some of that's my own fault. Some of that's others' faults. So I feel the burden of a Christian community actually growing in spiritual formation and understanding the gospel in such a way that if they are in a city or a place, they know what to do. But that does not mean I stop there and act like we don't need to love our city specifically well and our neighbors. And not just through an event at the church. I'm talking about my neighbor next door who sits on his front porch every day because he doesn't have community. And I'm thankful for a wife who reminds me, you have to love that person, because that person makes my day slower. But she does it really well, so I just want to cheer for you. Anyway. <laughs> One cheer. Awesome. All right, so when we don't, when we don't let our word or the words of Jesus or the gospel come into our actual life, it's like looking into a mirror at your own face. And the word here is kataneo, which is actually the same word that the disciples, to explain how the disciples peered into the tomb. You remember when they were peering into the tomb to see what was going on with you, and they were like, what's going on? It's, a, it's, the, it's like an intent, like, whoa. It's not a glance. It's not like, see, look in the mirror, like we all do when we just glance, because we don't care what we look like, right? You know what I'm saying? Nobody. It's looking so intently into something that you're recognizing the complexities. You're seeing on your face where the things are. This is actually talking about you're recognizing on your person the things that you'd like to see different. 
Like that's kind of what it's talking about. So this is asking us to not look into our walk with Jesus, the law, the law of liberty, the gospel of Jesus Christ, glancing in. It's talking about passive Christianity. It's talking about the kind of Christianity that allows us to build massive things and consume content from extremely creative people or CEO-driven kinds of people and be okay with being in a place for an hour and then the next time you're interacting with it is the next Sunday, maybe. This is talking to the Christian who clearly is hearing but is deciding to walk away and act like they haven't heard. But remember, James is talking to the beloved. There's no form of this where he's talking to the idiots of the dispersion. He actually loves them and wants to see God do this in them. So he's shaking them in such a way and giving them the kind of truth that actually heals them. You're not helping anyone talking over each other, operating in anger, and avoiding the most vulnerable in this culture. You're not helping anyone, right? You're not helping yourself. You're not helping your community. We might have a pretty church. We might have an awesome table business. But we're not helping anybody, if that's what we think. And that's not why we're here, right? We're being formed deeply to be given. And it's a daily thing. He's not forming us for a year for a thing. <laughs> anyway. I'm sorry if that sounded judgmental. I think of myself in these scenarios and how I need to be much more aware of what's going on with those in my life like that are broken. It literally labels two specific groups of people. The orphan and what else? That's when people are reading scripture. Can you, I mean, they just need to be more specific. He's like, well, he says the orphan and the widow. <laughs> oh, yeah, I get it. I mean, I think it also means anyone vulnerable in a society, anyone that is susceptible to being persecuted or being dominated. I think, I think, it, I think we all know it means that. Yeah. But it also literally says <laughs> the orphan and the widow. So action step check. What are we doing? Amen? All right. Somebody's about to say amen right here. This Barclay quote is literally, it might actually, this whole building might burn down right now. Can you pull up the next quote? I'm just telling you. Nope, that's not it. Next one. Did I send it to you? <laughs> Good. It's too, it's too fiery to even be written or typed. And it is this. What you hear in the holy place must be lived out in the marketplace. I'm just saying, can somebody say amen? amen. Say, let it be. Let it be, let it be. Yeah? I'm just saying. What you hear in the holy place must be lived out in the marketplace. I'm just, that is clear. So if you only have a holy place, I think it's holy marketplace. Like that, I think of, like it's, gotta, it's gotta be together. Holy marketplace. That makes me, that just makes me wanna run. I want that on a t-shirt. That'd be stupid. So I'm gonna wrap this up, but I'm gonna say this first. Words do something so, I mean, you be around, oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, William, or Bill Barclay. I wonder if I called him Bill. He's probably like, stop it, don't call me Bill. My name is William. 
So words have the ability, this is what I love, and this is why I love people like Mariah and Sarah and, and Becca and song, like all, words have the ability to touch our emotions like nothing, right? Like words actually have the ability to really change things and really bring ill. Words can start massive wars. Words can stop wars. But actions are better than words. I just, we just need to understand that Actions have the ability to build structures of trust and build worlds that we can actually live in. When someone says to you something that they don't do, even if it's beautiful, that is hollow. When someone says something and they do it, that's called trust. That's literally how trust is built, when words and actions match and the actions are actually speaking. That's why we love Jesus because his words and his actions were the same. Even though people disliked his words, he did those things for the sake of other people, and the religious leaders said the things and didn't do them. That's why we didn't like, that's why we don't like anybody we don't like. They don't do what they say, right? That's how you build relational trust with your families, with your spouse, with your friends. Also the opposite, that's how you lose relational equity with your friends, your spouse, you don't do what you say. I remember when I first went to Lee University and I was a student there and I I didn't graduate high school and I then was introduced to this new environment and it was just interesting to have friends that didn't think I was a criminal. Like this is a real thing that happened. And so I was like super overzealous about being kind and loving people and just being like available. So I would say yes to everything and totally mean it. And I would be only at a couple things because I'm a human. And all these people started to become frustrated with me because I was dealing with wanting to be all these things and saying I wanted to and even agreeing to things that I didn't do. And so I was immature, like in my understanding. And I had to pay the price of what that kind of thing does. Like that kind of thing actually hurts all of those relationships way more than just being like, actually, I'm, I'm doing this. So, sorry. That just, just that, like, actions create the trust structures we want to see in the world, right? But there's no version of it where you're not being formed. So just a reminder, this is a holistic, this life with Jesus, the life of a disciple practicing the way with Jesus, is a, it's an all-consumed life. It's the good life, as Sarah says. The, the good life is my life is consumed with Jesus. I recognize that he's God. I say yes to discipleship and formation because why wouldn't I? Why would I not want to know how to be at more peace? Like that's, and then I work for God as I understand how I'm called. I journey inward. My focus becomes outward. I live a life of love. That's, the, that's, that's what's being given here. So pure religion is this. Pure religion is this whole chapter. It's not just help the widow and the orphan, but that's it. You can be sure that's it. It's literally labeled that. It's all of it. So here's my prayer for you today. Just for a moment, you have a bad thing happening right now. No one's trying to demean that. It's real. Like almost all of us have something happening. We're like, "This this is kind of stupid. There's COVID. There's what's happening in Afghanistan, which is touching some of us. It's touching all of us. It should touch all of us deeply. I feel, more, I feel so moved by this that I'm just trying to pray whenever I can and trying to figure out ways to help. There's Haiti. There's our own nation. I mean, it's just, there's your family. There's somebody that you know that has COVID. There's somebody that maybe you know that passed away from all of it. Like all of these things are very real. There's relational struggles happening right now where you don't know how to get through it. 
Some of the spouses in this room are like, that's me right now. There's family dynamics happening where somewhere in your family there's something happening so crazy you don't even know how God's gonna do it. All of these things, these are very real things that sometimes cause us to act quickly and speak before we listen. Stop for a moment. What can we praise God about? What can we praise God about just for a moment today? What can we praise God? And I'm gonna let you just say it from your seat because let's get uncomfortable. What is good about God? Still alive. Amen. We're all alive in this room, I think. We're healthy. We got kids. That's, that's what, that was it? Yes, we're thankful at this moment. None of our kids are arguing with anybody. We love you. Who else? Something, just anything. Just start. Start it. You got a new job. Good job. Hallelujah. Two new jobs over here. That was for Andrew and Omar. Cool. Awesome. Who else? Something. Yeah. The jobs many of us want to leave. Who else? Good community. It's a great community. I love it. Who else? Something. Food's on the table, or if it's not, we can find it, right? Yeah. Who else? Something. Those who feel discouraged right now, give me something. We can worship together. We can worship together. Amen. God carries us through. Always. Stacy's doing well. Love you, Stacy. Who else? Something. That's not enough. There's more. Dogs. Amen. Cool. I don't know what that means, but dogs. Hallelujah. I like my dog. I, eh. <laughs> I recognize the other one as an animal at this point. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I do love Jeezy as well. Our dog's name are Foxy Brown and Jeezy, and they're good dogs. I do. They, they bring joy to our house. Amen. Always. Always. All right. <laughs> laughter's good. Me like you laughter as well. Who else? There needs to be more. Like God's love. Family. Amen. You say CrossFit? Who said that? Rocket League. Yeah. Good stuff, dude. I like it. Birthday? Today? Oh, okay. Nice. Don, I'm thankful for you. I'm just going to say it. I'm thankful for you. Just want you to know that. Thank you. Who else? Thankful for music. Like a specific kind? All of it. Me too. Yeah, totally. I'm thankful for the Turners. It feels weird to repeat. Love it. Oh my gosh. Somebody's thankful for the end of this. Certainly, quickly. Anybody else want to throw something out there? Forgiveness. Grace, forgiveness. Yeah. Mercy. We can always start again. A thousand times we failed. Still your love remains. 
Nature, all day, every day. I love some creeks and some mountains, always. Craig's piano playing. Relationship goals. Yep. You say football? Are you talking about the circular ball or the throw ball? Okay. All right. I, I, yes on that. And I also offer that I am very thankful for the circular one as well. Joan? Love you, Joan. All right. Livia, thankful for you. <laughs> I thought I'd make you feel uncomfortable. All right, we're moving on. Listen. This is it. This is the end. Listen. Everybody say that back to me. Listen. Listen. Say it back to me again. Listen more this week. And if you're tempted into anger, drive somewhere and love somebody. Specifically an orphan or a widow would be probably amazing this week. We have an opportunity, right? If you'll stand with me. As Becca comes up. Um, I'm thankful for the book of James that we're going to spend some time in because it's going to challenge us in ways that aren't super comfortable, but that are so meaningful. And so if you want to start reading at home, there's portions we'll read each week, but we won't read it all. Let's just ask God to really kind of form us as a community in the next season. So, Jesus, we... We just thank you for the the availability of Scripture, the availability of the apostles' teaching and the saints that came before us. We thank you that we have access to worship music. We have access to liturgy. We have access to your heart for struggle. We have your ear. So I pray more than anything you have our ear this week. That we would give you both.
time all you got And praise God from whom all blessings flow Yeah, come on Praise Him all creatures here below Praise Him above the heavenly Praise Father, Son, and So let justice and praise become my embrace to love you from the inside out. Let justice, so let justice and praise become my embrace to love you from the inside out. One more time, let justice. So let justice and praise become my embrace to love you from the inside out. So praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. So beautiful. Come on. Praise Him above ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. So we say in love I, I, I sense that God through his spirit and the community wants to do ministry for some people and so I want to just ask if if people could pray for people and if you are someone that you you recognize that you need the ministry of Jesus through the community of God in prayer I would just ask that you would be honest and raise your hand So we got one right here. So let's just be the body of Christ and, and have some people go to, to each person. There's somebody back here as well. Um, I didn't see it, but I trust. Anybody over here just really need prayer and encouragement from the body? Anyone anywhere? Right here, Cassie. Awesome. Right there. So let's just create a space in this room. If you need to go, that's okay. But we're going to create a space in this room for the next few moments to just kind of pray for people. And so... We love you so much, and I sincerely mean that. God, just continue to touch people today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you again for joining us today, and please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com.